0: In Jesus' name, amen. So we're, we're wrapping up this two-part series called The Reset. And uh, I think that's a reference to like the easy button or even just reset, start from scratch. And um, this series we started uh, last week. Uh, That last week was kind of reflecting on the year that had just finished. So 2015 had ended, and um, and Bruce spoke on uh, regret or shame Um, because at the end of the year we can either feel um, accomplishment um, or you know regret or shame about what had just happened for that year, Um, and so had some really good help from Bruce on how to deal with shame and how to process and and what actually Jesus teaches on that. And this week, uh, the first Sunday of 2016, we're at the beginning of of a new year, and that can also bring up some thoughts and emotions that we need to deal with. Um, Thoughts of excitement, it's a new year, it's kind of a built-in, you know, Think about what's going to be new this year or, or whatever. New Year's resolutions come to mind. But um, it could also, the beginning of the year, could also be filled with worry. Um, 2016, we've never been here before. We don't know what lies ahead. Um, the future um, is dark to us, really. Um, so it can, it can bring up some emotion of, of worry and fret. So we're going to look at that uh, this morning. Because these two emotions, regret and fret, Um, can really cripple us, like Scott mentioned. It can really damage our progress. It can really stop us in our tracks, so to speak, if we don't deal with them correctly. Um, They have a big impact on our lives. I want to show, we're going to start with a little bit of a movie clip. Um, number one, because I love when there's movie clips in, in sermons. But number two, I think this helps us get started on the idea that emotions can really affect us on the outside. So Disney made a movie called um, Inside Out, or Inside Out I think is what it's called. So it's, um, if you've seen it, uh, you know. If you haven't seen it, it's, it's pretty good. I would recommend it. But the story is, there's a girl who moves to a new town. And, and she has to process that. That's basically it, if you think about it. Um, but the fun part is we're let into her mind. There's a control panel, and like her eyes are like the windshield of this room, um, and her emotions are at the panel. So um, we're introduced to a character, one of the emotions she has, uh, named fear. Um, so I want to show you this clip, and, and notice how uh, fear and other emotions, just how they affect uh, what happens on the outside. So take a look at this clip. Uh. Huh? <laughs> very nice. Okay, looks like you got this. Very good. Oh, that turn. Yeah. That's here. He's really good at keeping Riley safe. Easy, easy, huh? Hi, Matt! Oh, we're good. We're good. Thank you. Thank you very much. And we're back. Did you hear, Dad? He's sounded really upset. What was that? Is it a bear? It's a bear. There are no bears in San Francisco. I saw a really hairy guy. He looked like a bear. Oh, I'm so jumpy. My nerves are shot. Ew, I don't want to hear about your nerves. I'll tell you what it is. Oh, yeah. Wait, what? Almost finished with the potential disasters. worst scenario is either quicksand, spontaneous combustion, or getting called on by the teacher. So as long as none of those happen... Okay, everybody. We have a new student in class today. Are you kidding me? Out of the gates. This is not happening! Riley, would you like to tell us something about yourself? No! can we... Can't speak English? Don't worry. I got this. <laughs> so that's a fun look at, um, they, they kind of personify what we feel on the inside, don't they? Um, and some of the thoughts. And, um, and I really like that this cartoon shows how, how our emotions can control. There's a control panel. There's buttons and levers that they're pulling and causing, you know, Riley, the person, to, to act differently. And we're let in on that. So it's kind of a neat look. Now, what we're talking about, the, this concept of fret, it's not exactly fear, the purple guy with the long nose. That's not what exactly we're talking about, but we can imagine that control panel and, and use that as a kind of a helpful way to think about what it can do in our lives. Because fear can be helpful. You know, you saw fear slower down, you know, don't trip on the cord and break the lamp. Fear can be kind of helpful to keep us safe. But what we're talking about is much deeper than that. Fret is uh, its never useful. It, it's not something that we want uh, in order to keep us safe. It's tricky because fret on the surface can be kind of clothed in good intentions, or this is a, probably a good idea, but, but at its core, it's really, it's fear in it's chronic state. It never goes away. And instead of helping us, it actually stops us from doing things maybe we should do, um, so that's what we're going to unravel and talk about. Here's a definition of the word fret. Um, so a couple things. Number one is a verb. Be constantly or visibly worried or anxious. I think Disney did a good job. That guy, you know, fear was constantly and visibly worried or anxious. That's what it, that's what it is. Number two, this is interesting. It also can mean gradually wear away something by rubbing or not gnawing like erosion is what i think of like a wave you know can carve out or water can carve out a canyon or a wave can carve a beach out or whatever um as a verb that's i don't usually use fret in that way so that's cool to know um as a noun a state of anxiety or worry so we get we understand what this word means but what does it look like in our lives um I said we're not talking about fear that can be helpful. We're talking about this stuff that really uh, has a big impact on us. So what do we fret about? kind of did some research and, and uh, noticed or found that psychologists can find consistent patterns of things that people worry about. Um, there's common domains is what, what it, it said they are. Common domains of things we worry about. So take a look at this list. Uh, relationships, work, finances, an aimless future, lack of confidence, health um, Psychologists find that people... These are the the things that keep coming up. The worries that people keep voicing. Um, And now think about these things. Have you ever caught your blood pressure rising thinking about money? Or or your heart beats a little faster? Or um, your muscles are tight and you realize it five minutes later? Like, just relax. That happens to me. Um, But money. Things like, can I provide for my family this month or this year? Um, Have you ever asked... Or have you ever opened the fridge and you realize, man, payday is in a week and it's looking pretty slim already? Or um, do we have enough money and savings? How much do we need? How much do we need to retire, maybe? Um, Or what if the car finally dies this month or this year? Or what is the stock market going to do? I mean, we we can really quickly and easily get into a worry about finances and money. Or how about work? Have you, have you caught yourself getting worried about you know, your performance at work? What, what does the boss think? Am I doing well? Um, or are the numbers going to hit this year or this quarter? Um, are the layoffs going to roll in this year? I mean, we can really be, be worried in this area. We can easily fret about safety and health. Um, really easily. What is the doctor going to say at our next appointment? Or... Or a real concern, you know, how powerful really is ISIS? Or uh, when, is, when and where is the next terrorist attack going to be? And um, really easy to, to worry and, and fret over these. How about your purpose in life? I mean, maybe you're at a point, at a new year or, or whatever, about to finish school or, or, you know, and you can think these things. Am, am, am I about to make a difference? Or have I been making a difference with my life? Um, Did I choose the wrong career path? Or did I choose the wrong major? These are sources of, of worry. One for me right now is parenting. How the heck do I parent a, a child to want to do the right things? Not just, you know, to do the right things, but to want to do the right things. That's Man, I can really worry, and I do lose sleep, and for other reasons, because they get up in the middle of the night too. But, you know, that's something we can lose sleep and really let grip us and, and prevent progress in life. So again, let me clarify. There can be some healthy amount of concern in these areas. Um, concern can be helpful. Um, for example, it might cause you to make a plan, and then you work the plan and you move on. That's, that's useful. But what we're talking about is fret and worry that just immobilizes you. It stops. Um, we want to make progress in life, but there are things that can stop that progress. So what do we do? Um, luckily, Jesus gave a pretty lengthy um, message to folks one day, and we have it recorded in the bible and we can We can look to that. Jesus gives a lot of good reasons not to worry, and he also tells us how to deal with it so you have a, a page in your handout it is a Pretty much a blank page, and as a kid growing up in church, this was like the golden ticket. No words are going to get in the way of my doodles and drawings. So, um, so anyway, you're welcome. You can have that. But just so you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna present um, two lists of four things. Okay, so that's if you want to give yourself space or whatever, budget your space for two lists of four things. The first list. What we're going to talk about is, is see the reasons why Jesus told us not to worry. Jesus hit the nail on the head in a, in a, in a sermon he gave to people. We know it as the Sermon on the Mount it's in Matthew 6. Um, but he tells us several reasons not to worry. Number one is this. Life is too important to waste with worry. Life is too important. So look at Matthew 6.25. Jesus teaches... He says, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? What Jesus is saying is, don't let the stuff of life be so worrisome that it it takes away from life itself, actual life, because it's so valuable. It's really easy um, to go down the road of worry, so... Whether it's food or clothing or or the other things we talked about. So here's how it goes. We have a thought. Something sparks a thought. uh, And then we we feel anxious. And then, well, that means then that this could happen. And then what if this and then that. And all of a sudden, we're well down this path of worry. Um, That progression takes a lot of time. You might... You might notice, like, kind of like a daydream thing, like, "Whoa, how long was I doing that?" And it, it wastes our time or or our energy. Maybe we, we just get really anxious, and it wastes our energy to fret. I have to fight to remember not to waste time because of, on worry because Jesus is saying that's the stuff of life. Don't worry about the stuff of life. You know, you life itself is more valuable. We're going to look in a, in a few minutes on how to stop that progression of thoughts that take us down the trail of worry. Um, but that's one helpful thing we can do. The reality is when we get into worry, we worry about things that haven't happened yet or that don't even really affect the quality of our life. It's kind of peripheral. It's, it's the stuff of life and not actually going to affect life. Things like food and clothing and drink are not anything to fuss about. I love a great meal, but it's not worth fussing about. You know, there's other food that is just fine. Um, you know, and it's hard to do. It's really hard. So that thought progression, it's really hard to avoid that. In our culture, in, our, in the world we're in, the way we're wired, we want um, bigger and better, and advertisers continue uh, to throw stuff at us to create discontentment. And when we're discontent, that's when we get into worry because we don't have and, um so here's a helpful question to ask. So just on this first point, if you find yourself heading down the trail of worry, ask yourself this, do I really need what I'm worrying about? If you've ever done like a need list and then a want list, and you kind of sort through that, um, I've always noticed there's, there's fewer things on the need list and much more things on the want list. So that, that helps. Um, or you can ask this, will it really make a difference a year from now? When we start to get into worry... Ask yourself, is that really going to make a difference a year from now? Um, the second thing, reason not to worry that Jesus gives us. He says that we are most valuable to God. So not only is life important, but God really, really values us. And that's pretty, that's pretty neat. Um, in this next verse, Jesus peels back the curtains and gives us a glimpse of the way God feels towards you, towards us as people. He compares the value of people to a couple things. Look at this verse 26. Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you more valuable to Him than they are? Aren't you more valuable than a bird? I, I hope you know that you are, but... In case you don't, Jesus says that. And, and to bolster, you know, your idea of how much you're worth, I googled, like, most expensive bird. Um, and this came up. Here's, here's a picture. This is called the hyacinth macaw. I probably said that wrong. I've heard of macaw, but that's some sort of bird. This is valued at $11,000 per bird. So if, uh, if after the service you'd like to pick one up, just... $11,000, and it's yours. But that's a pretty expensive bird. And I don't know what you think your value is, but Jesus is saying, look at all the birds. Aren't you more valuable to God than, than these birds? And so so that's a good picture to, to kind of see. And here's the simple logic. This, this is what Jesus is saying. If God takes care of the birds, he will take care of you and I. It's really a promise from Scripture that, that we can cling to. Um, Quick story, my wife and I were about a year and a half ago doing a routine grocery store trip. Uh, we weren't trying to s- spend, you know, as little money as possible. You know, there, were th- there was the cheaper cereal, but we got the one we wanted or whatever. We also weren't going ab- above and beyond what we should have been purchasing. Just a normal uh, grocery store trip. And as we checked out, we got what we thought we needed for the week or week and a half. And we were checking out and I started to notice like, man, we're getting some discounts here. And at the end of of all the, the checkout, um, you know, and they tell you, thank you, Mr. McWhorter for, you know, you saved X percent today. We saved 48 percent on our grocery bill that um, that particular time. Not really trying to. And it was God's grace. Um, that the thought came up to me like, man, God is, God helped us out. God cares for us, and he provided food. So I took a picture, and I actually put it on Instagram. Here's, a, here's the picture I took. Um, our routine is we put the food on the floor, which now that I'm looking at it is kind of gross. <laughs> and, and then we put it away. Um, but anyway, the point here is I actually... God, God told me, hey, I'm taking care of you. 48% off was, was a great blessing, and we got what we needed. And there it is. Maybe you eat some of that stuff too. But just it was a reminder um, that God values us, and he's going to provide for us. Humans are the most valuable creatures on the planet. God gave us that number one spot, which, is a, which carries with it a tremendous amount of value and dignity. So you got to know that. You need to know that God values you, and He values people. Another example of this point, we are most valuable to God. Uh, We just sang about it. We just came through Christmas season where we remembered the gift from the Father of giving His Son, Jesus Christ, to us. Coming to earth, um, dying on a cross. And what happened was, the, the line just struck me this morning. Our sin, not in part, but the whole was nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. That's what the gift of Jesus was. God values us so much that he sent his son um, who took on our sin and shame and now we have a chance at a better life and um, a life with forgiveness. So you need to know that you are valuable to God, most valuable over all creation. Here's another comparison in the same passage. Verse 28, And why I worry about clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work. They don't make their clothing. Yet Solomon, in all his glory, was not dressed as beautifully as they are. Solomon, in his time, was the richest man in the world. So imagine, you know, maybe it's Bill Gates, or I don't know who the richest guy is now, but even the richest person in all his glory His riches and glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. Jesus compares, again, to something he's created to say, you're more valuable than that. Here's a picture of a lily, some sort of lily. I'm not a flower guy. That was another Google um, kind of hit. But that is a pretty um, detailed, uh, intricately designed thing. (laughs) God says, you are look at them. They don't work and clothe themselves. Um, God does this. Yeah. I don't know what the function of all of that stuff is either. I know bees land on some part of that. And, but the, the point Jesus is making, the point that I want to say, is how much more will God take care of us? If he does that for the birds and the flowers, how much more valuable are you to him? And he's saying, I'm going I'm to take care of your needs. Just so that there's no confusion, look at this other verse. Jesus wraps up this saying, verse 31. He says this, Don't worry about these things, saying, What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows your needs. So don't worry about these things. Um, You're you're most important to God, so don't worry about these things. There's something really neat here that, that I want you to see. Maybe it's not really neat. It's kind of sobering, actually. But but there's something here that reveals the way God relates to us as his created uh, thing. And we, we are created by God. And that is this, that God will not force us to follow him. We have freedom to trust him and obey him. Or we have freedom not to, uh, to, to rely on our, ourselves, our own intelligence or sh- skill um, but he gives us the choice. And, and we know that because he talks about worry dominates the thoughts of unbelievers. So what does that mean? Unbelievers there, what I think Jesus means is he's referring to people whom he loves deeply for. He cares deeply about them. They have just chosen not to put their trust in him and follow him. So these are people that are valuable to God. They just don't believe uh, that God has a better way for them. And they choose themselves. And this is how God is. When we choose to trust ourselves, to, sorry, when we choose to trust in ourselves, He lets us. And we scrape and claw, we, we get worried about providing, and He lets us do that. So if we don't want to live in constant worry, really the heart of it is we need to live in faith that God will provide for, all, for our every need. Um, and a third reason not to worry. Jesus tells us that worry does not change a thing. Worry is not useful. Like fear was kind of useful, slowing Riley down to not trip over the, the cord or whatever. Um, worry doesn't do that. Worry, what we're talking about, does not change a thing. In verse 27, Jesus says, I kind of see Jesus like smirking. Like This is kind of like a Jesus joke. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And the implied answer there is no. Uh, we cannot worry ourselves um, into anything. If, you, if you're worried that you're going to die before your time, there is no amount of worry you can do to add one second to your life. Or if you're worried about how short you are and you want to be taller, no amount of worry is going to help you grow even a fraction of an inch. And that's silly, but that go- the point is worry cannot do anything to positively contribute to your life. In fact, the opposite is true. Worry can cause damage. Remember that definition of, in the verb form, fret can mean to gnaw away um, or like erode, like the beach can erode, um, the water can erode a beach. Or there's this picture, I, My wife and I purchased our house four and a half years ago something like that and we were doing work in the house before we moved all of our furniture in and did some flooring did some a lot of painting and I was painting one wall and noticed like a slight you know little bubble on the on the wood trim around a window so I looked at it I touched it my finger went straight through the wood what should have been hard and rigid you know a, a wood trim just crumbled when I touched it lightly and Lo and behold, little termites scurried away from where it touched. It was actually pretty gross. Here's a picture of termites. Um, and that, those are the guys that I saw when I touched that piece of wood, and it just crumbled. Um, and I hope you haven't experienced that because it's pretty scary. Luckily, we had a, a warranty thing, and we got termite treatment. And we're good now. But but it's a scary thing to see that. Um, and this is what worry can do inside of us. It can damage and and cause things to crumble, like our health. Um, you might you know, have high blood pressure or other heart problems because of worry, or you might lose sleep or um, get addicted to something or even have depression over the worry. That, that's a way that it can kind of erode us on the inside. And damage can spill into our relationships uh, with friends and family. Because, because of worry, we, we aren't able to get past that and relate to people how God would have us relate to them. Um, or at work, it might be difficult to focus at work. You're so worried about getting laid off, you can't really bring your A game and, and your best productivity to work that day. Um, worry can really do this. It can damage. It really won't change a thing is the point here. So why worry? The last reason Jesus gives is that worry steals our focus from today. Worry, not only, not only does it not change anything, it robs us from focusing on today. In verse 34, Jesus says this, So don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. So we're given a perspective here by Jesus that is helpful. And that is this, that, that unpredictability is part of life. The future ahead is dark. Um, so why, why worry about tomorrow? What we want to do in, in facing a dark future is we want to turn on the high beams and try to see as far as possible and, and to know, you know as much as we can. But that's not how life is, is it? God? seems like it gives us a flashlight only. We we can't turn on the high beams. We've got this little dim flashlight, and maybe we can see the next step. And and the reason God created it that way is so that we have to rely on Him. We've got to rely on Him because He knows the future. Um, We know from this verse and from others in Scripture that tomorrow... Or our future can really only be improved by faithfully handling today's responsibilities. It's like, we're, it's like we're laying the path as we walk down it. And the amount of faithfulness in handling today's troubles and, and worries makes a better step for tomorrow as we move into the future. And when we worry about the future, it steals our focus from today. So Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has its own troubles. Just worry. Get a grasp on today's responsibilities. And that's how we begin to build a better future. So those are some, some helpful things here. In the same exact chapter, the same setting, Jesus shows us also how to deal with worry. So he shows us why, why we shouldn't worry, but then he shows us what do we do with it. So here's four, four things, how to deal with worry. Number one, reset your heart to treasure the right things. And, and this, this whole series has been called The Reset. And this is what, kind of getting to the heart of it. Reset our heart to treasure the right things. Well, what, what are the right things? Look at this verse. And um, just before the, the discussion on worry, Jesus says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, thieves do not break in and steal. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And you may have heard that verse before. Um, and as I was thinking on it, and um, it, the thought occurred to me. I have a, a visual. In my hand. You probably can't see this, but this is my three-year-old daughter's treasure right now. This is a fake small pearl that I found at the bottom of a basket or something. And, I, and when I found it, I thought, oh, this will be fun to make it a big deal. And I said, oh, Brynn, I found treasure. And she got excited and wants it. And, and this has become her treasure. Like, right now, real life. Don't tell her I have it because she'll begin to worry about it. But this is her treasure. And... and And uh, it's just a little fake pearl from some kind of bracelet. But I realize we can learn a lot from our kids. I realize that I do this too. She wants to hold it tight, and she wants to go to bed with it. And then when she wakes up, it's obviously not still in her hand, and we have to turn the bed upside down. And I'm on all fours, looking on the floor for this because she's so connected to this. This is her treasure. She calls it that. So it's funny that this verse, you know, that's the the terms that this verse uses. But this is her treasure, and I realized as adults we do this too, but not with little pearls. But we have something that we treasure. And, and when we wake up and it's not there, or whatever, we think about it. Um, we drop everything for, for whenever the thought of our, tr- our number one treasure comes up. And if the things that we treasure are not the things in heaven, like the verse says, which means the things that God treasures should be our treasure. And when they're not, that's when worry builds. Um, what does God treasure? There's really two things um, that God treasures, and that's, that's people and, and truth. And it will cause us a great deal of worry when, when we spend time worried about uh, money and uh, status and possessions. Because those aren't the things that, uh, that God values. So when we can reset our heart to treasure the things that God treasures, then, then that will really help Uh, in the way we deal with worry. In fact, it might alleviate a lot of the sources of worry by treasuring the right things. And here's a way to know, or here to identify what you're treasuring. A quick heart check. Where are you spending your time and your money? You know, for my daughter, it's really easy to to show this, and it fits great in my pocket for an illustration, but it's hard for us to identify, what am I really treasuring? So that might help you. Where's your time going? Where's your money going? Those are really valuable resources we have. So when we can identify where those things are going, we realize what we are treasuring at the moment. So treasuring what God treasures can alleviate the sources of worry. And let me go a little bit further. Jesus goes on with this passage right after. He says, The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If... Then, the light within you is darkness. How great is that darkness? This verse is a little less on the surface. It's kind of obscure, and it's an illustration to say that the way we see life, our perspective on life, our eyes on life, will come out of the things that we value most. So if, if making more and more money is the thing that we value the most, the way that life goes will make sense based on that treasure. So we treat people a certain way if we want to get ahead, or, we, or we, we approach work a different way if we just want to make more and more money. So we actually need to reset our hearts in order to treasure the right things and to have the right perspective on life. Um, it's just like having bad eyes, like this verse gives us. If we have bad eyes and, and have the wrong perspective, then we're going to take the wrong path inevitably. Um, so so there's, that's how we deal with worry, is number one, we, we reset our heart to treasure the right things. Number two, we need to make the Lord our master. Making the Lord your master um, is what Jesus says you need to do to deal with worry. Um, look at verse 24. No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So, God really is, Scripture tells us, God really is all-powerful and in and, and control. And if we, the reality is, if we don't trust God completely with our lives, then we're, sti- we're trying to steal control for ourselves, which just, just doesn't happen. That's not the way it works. There's no hybrid approach, this verse tells us, to choosing God versus choosing our own way. So it's like we're at a fork in the road. What are you going to do? How are you going to live? Trying to control things is going to create uh, a lot of worry in our lives. Money and other things uh, are out of my control. When there's conflict in a relationship, I can't control the other person. So, so one helpful thing to remember is I can really only control my approach in every situation, in every decision. All I can control is my approach to what God has It's kind of presented to me in that moment. Um, And so we do well if we choose God's way when we approach people, or when we we approach decisions, or when we approach uh, making plans for the future. Uh, And if we do that, the, the sense of worry can really be alleviated. Giving God control is really at the core of what it means to be a Christian. So if you're if you're exploring, you know what the Bible says and what Christianity is all about. This is really the core of it. It's making God your master, giving Him control, and admitting that a I can't do it, but b I want you to do it. Um, please take the wheel or uh, be in control. And this pro- that process takes time to to realize. I need to do that then to realize, you know, how to do that, how to work that out in everyday life. So if, if, that, if you're sorting through that and, and would like more info on what does this mean to, to give God control, um, we'd love to help you. There's on your connection card, there's a spot to mark under the contact me section. I want to know more about that. So you can do that, but, but that's really the core. God says, let me be in control. Uh, the, third, the third way to deal with our worry is we, we need to seek after the right things, not only to value them, but then to, to take steps and seek after the right things. Uh, a, a popular verse that you may have heard comes right after the, the, the teaching on the birds and the flowers. God says this, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then these things will be added to you. Your basic needs of life will be added to you. So that's the promise. If I focus on the things that I should, if I seek after the right things, then God will provide for my needs. And that's what a great promise that is. Um, That we, again, we can't control a whole lot of things, but we can control. What are we going to do with that? Are we going to seek God's way in this? So I mentioned before the progression of a thought. And another thought, and, and now I'm worried about it, and then now I'm paralyzed by that. That's typically how it goes. So here's a quick just how to deal with worry in, in terms of an, an illustration. Picture, if you can, like Hoover Dam, or some kind of dam that you've seen that holds back water. So as the thoughts begin to roll in our mind, what we need to do is to build a dam. Just like, like a, the Hoover Dam stops water and redirects it, we need to learn how to do that with our thoughts. And the way we do that is two things. By praying, so we can build a dam and stop a thought by praying. Um, and just the act of praying and sharing a concern or, dear God, I'm worried about this right now. Please help. Just that approach is a humble approach. God, it says, God, I'm not in control, but I know you are. Please help. So so that's one way to stop a thought. The other thing is remind yourself about the promises in scripture. You know, again, consider those blocks. Prayer and promise are blocks that we can build to stop certain thoughts. Promises like John 10:10. 10, 10. It says Jesus came so that we can have life even to the fullest. We can have a full life by choosing God's way. Or the promise we just we just saw before that God will meet our needs. When we trust God, He, he will meet our needs. Um, those types of promises and the prayerful approach can really stop a thought in the early stages so it doesn't take us down that path of worry. So that's helpful to, to see from Jesus how to deal with it. And lastly, the, the, the fourth thing. We can constantly pray that God has His way. Constantly pray for God's will in your life. Jesus brings this whole concept together when, when he reveals he actually instructs here's how you should pray we know it as the Lord's Prayer but take a look this is just the first part but Jesus says pray like this our Father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and, and so on but let's look at that that approach first first calling God Father, that Jesus introduced this idea right in this, at this time, at the time he taught this. Imagine, you know, if you're a parent and your teenager calls and says, hey, Dad, or hey, Mom, but, uh, but in this case, hey, Dad, that's going to get your attention. You know, my girls are three and one. They don't have phones. But I know that when I get the call and they're out at wh- wherever when they're teenagers, hey, Dad, is really going to get my attention. And that's a neat thought. Jesus says, do that. Call, call up God and say, Hey, Dad. Um, and then, you are holy. Hallowed be your name means you are holy. You are so far above. You're in control. Uh, your ways are better than my ways. Hallowed be your name. And your kingdom come. Your will be done. That, that is to say, I want to treasure what you treasure. Do what you want today, or in this moment, or in this hour. You know, Do what you want. So just that approach to prayer is the reset. Jesus reminds us each and every time we pray to reset our our mind and our heart by following this pattern. God is in control. Let your will be done. And then it says, give us this day our daily bread, which is to say, trust that God will provide. Um, And and that's just a great pattern in dealing with worry. So um, if you missed some notes, just write down Matthew 6, 9 through 11, and there's the pattern right there on how to reset and how to deal with worry. So just imagine, imagine your life with less worry, maybe significantly less worry. What kind of impact does that have in your day-to-day? What are you freed up now to do now that you're not worrying? Or imagine this this group here, our church. What if our knee-jerk reaction instead of to worry was to take it to the Lord in prayer and then trust on His promises, the things that He's already said He's going to do and that we've seen Him do in the past? What would that look like for all of us to do that and, and be on the same page? Jesus says the core reason not to worry is that we have a father in heaven that we can trust. Um, there's a song, You're a Good, Good Father, that we sing here at the church from time to time. And it's, that's, that song is such a good reminder that God is good. Like we, like we saw, he, he cares about us, he values us, he is trustworthy, he is good. We can take our worries to Him in prayer. Um, we can really trust Him. And He gives us the choice. So, so that's where we're at now. We've heard all this, and, and we're at that fork in the road today. Am I going to choose God's way or trust in, in myself? And we all know how that goes. Um, or are you going to choose God's way? Um, I want to invite the worship team to come on back up as we start to wrap up. And ushers can get ready to receive the offering. Um, If you want to take out that connection card, I referenced this before. Um, There's a couple of next steps you can take. And number one being, for the first time, I'm going to decide to accept Christ as my Savior and follow Him as my Lord. In fact, on the far right, it says under Contact Me, you want more information about beginning a relationship with Jesus, you can mark that. If you'd like um, some follow-up, we'd love to talk more about that with you and that's the idea of giving God control I want to decide to give God control and accept His promises to be my Savior Um, or another step make take my number one worry to God in prayer maybe you need to identify first what is my number one worry what is your you know little treasure that you hold on to identify that and then each and every day this week take it to God in prayer and then trust Him um, there's a, there's other blanks. You can write something else in there that the Lord may have uh, given you a next step that you can jot down. But let me pray. Father, we thank you so much, God, that you are good, that you are trustworthy. You gave your Son, Jesus Christ, to us. And that just proves that you love us and you value us so much. You want us to choose your way, but you give us freedom not to. So, God, we just thank you for Jesus' teaching here on worry and how helpful it can be. I pray that we would um, begin to apply uh, some of these things that Jesus taught. Help us to know what we treasure. Help us to, to know what trusting you really looks like. Each of us have different responsibilities, different worries in life. God, but you know it all. And you offer us a way to deal with those worries that can honor you and, and can move us forward in life. So God, just help us. It's hard to do these things, so I pray for your help. And God, I thank you for the offering that we're about to take. And just pray that it would be useful to advancing your uh, your name, to your your purposes in our area and beyond our area. We pray all these in Jesus' name. Amen.